Hello, everybody. Our Rambo talk got a little rambling last time, so we had to, uh, you know, kind of chop her up here. So uh, we're going to pick back up with Mr. Bonnier talking about some uh, Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. But uh, before that, how about a tune? After last night, I swear, I'll never drink alone again. Friends, no one wants to go out on Monday, Tuesday, everyone's drinking at home. Wednesday, I'm getting high. Thursday, no one picks up the phone. I don't know if it was specifically the Holy Roman Empire that led to the First Crusade, but they're definitely very close in time period for sure. The the establishment of both, they might, they might, they're very close in that. Yeah, you're right. Basically. Anyways, the point is that I, I don't think Stallone gives a shit about Christianity. Yeah. I, I don't think he does. I think he just simply no. But wants- I think he I think he gives a shit about America's place in the world and about imperialism and about. Violence. So and is he trying to say? Power. Is he trying to say that America needs to get in there and clean up? I think he's saying that America is incapable of shaping the world the way that he thought they could, and that even someone, and he was someone as Sean keeps saying, who was especially in the eighties, he was literally the image of America to a lot of people, the image of American sure. military power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea during Reagan was. Okay, we lost Vietnam, but now we're going to flex our muscles and we're going to show the world you can't fuck with us. And right. so we <laughs> invaded Granada and stomped the shit out of them. Years later, we invade, you know, uh, the Gulf and Nicaragua. we are where we are now. Pa- Panama? Yeah. No, sorry, Panama. So we've basically been picking fights we think we can win for the last 40 years. We haven't fought a real army in over half a century. <sighs> That that's that's whatever. Let's, that's let's put you're not wrong, but <laughs> you could argue the Cold War, but whatever. So uh, it was a Cold War, yeah, um, yeah, right. So uh, so I think what Stallone is saying as an older man is that you know again Rambo Two is a fantasy. The idea that one man or even a nation can go into another country and reshape it mm-hmm. and quote win an easy victory is nonsense, right? The best, I mean, he's basically, <laughs> this is like the coexist bumper sticker with a blood splatter on it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, what he, that's what he is at the beginning of the movie, and that's what he is at the end of the movie. And at the beginning of the movie, I think he's sort of, in a sense, lying to himself that he, about who he is. And the end of the movie, he's more at peace about what he is. I, I don't know. I think he kind of knows what he is at the beginning, Because he really too. doesn't want to... He doesn't want to go and fight. He doesn't want to go and kill these people. But it's sort of what gives his life meaning in a way. Yeah, it's it's still also what he's doing at the beginning of the movie. Because even in the first Rambo, even in First Blood, well, he's catching snakes. I thought he well, yeah. But I mean, he's like, as in, uh, from what I gather, he's just kind of the guy that takes care of things. So like, you know, if there's a dirty job, right. you know, he's still the guy that you call. And in that particular instance, the, you know, biggest villain was snakes. But, you well, know, when you got any other villain. In all the movies, he's searching for purpose. Mm-hmm. So in the first one, he's searching for a post-war purpose. What does a Green Beret do after he loses a war that, you know, he did everything to win? 
The second one, he's given purpose by basically he gets to win the Vietnam War as a one-man army. Revenge. The third movie starts with him at a Buddhist temple, <laughs> expertly parodied in Ace Ventura 2. <laughs> uh, uh, and then this movie is him, you know, trying to be, trying to basically live uh, unremarkable life in Burma, mm. which is again obviously closer to Vietnam than America. Um, and that's a place where he, for various reasons, feels more comfortable. Um, but then at the end of the movie, he goes back to America. And I'm not sure really what that says about the character, his view of the character, that he feels there's some sort of closure or there's some sense of peace that he can go home and reckon. Or maybe he's just fit. He's, like, he's not fit to live with those people anymore. Like, yeah, to me it was almost too, like I'm getting too much for this shit. Like, oh, I thought it was like I shed too much blood. Like I, I, I've shattered oh. my reputation and my noble nobility here. I don't have any more honor. Oh, really? I have to leave in shame. I didn't oh, yeah, get that I, at all. Not in shame, but like, you know, I've, That's an interesting I'm take. a violent person, yeah. so I can't live amongst these peaceful people now. Um, I, again, my take is that it's just a matter of acceptance, and he accepts that he is a violent person and will be no matter where he is in the world, so he might as well be home. Okay. And again, we don't know where he's going at the end of this movie. So he's going just, back to his house. To yeah, but, but, but eventually, he, apparently, there's people there. and make, Well, that's a whole different a, thing. But like, we don't need to talk about that. From, I mean, if, but, if the world stops after this, you assume he's just going to be a farmer. But are there? Are we supposed to assume he's going back to like his father or mother? Yeah, or it's his yeah. parents' house. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's what was it? H. Rambo or R. Rambo. R. Rambo. But what does his father show up in other movies? Reginald Rambo. Uh, no, I don't he think never so. sees yeah. The first movie, the first he's just walking through a meet, random town. Well, mm-hmm. the first characters you meet are the family of his Vietnam War buddy. Oh, that's right. And he's yeah. going to meet him, and the family's like, he died. Presumably of like exposure to Agent Orange or something, yeah. and then he just sort of wanders on from there. Yep. What do you think the uh, What do you think the modern impression of Vietnam is for like let's say you know younger people? I guess what do they think about Vietnam? I don't think I they mean, do. Yeah, I, I I can only speak for myself, and it was always a symbol of failure, arrogance. The, the war America lost yeah. after yeah. World War II. Um, I don't know what younger people think about it, if they think about it at all. I mean, why would they? They have Iraq. Yeah, They true. have Afghanistan. They have two Vietnams. Yeah. To me, like to, that together with uh, JFK is just kind of like the beginning of not trusting the government anymore. Well, Like on a large scale. Vietnam, to, again, history man over here can correct me. But I feel like that's the first war that we sort of slow walked into it. Where we're like, we're not at war. We're not at war. We're just advising. Mm. Okay, we're sending a few more. We're sending a few more, but we're not at war. Oh, there was a Tet Offensive. We have to respond. Okay, we're sending a few more. Okay, now we're at war. But this was like six years later. Uh, there's other smaller examples. I could, but nothing that but ballooned into this. You could kind of argue Korea or Spanish-American War, I suppose. But I agree to an extent that this was a longer period of buildup. There was like a five- Spanish-American 19- War, though, that was- a clear-cut case of like yellow journalism leads to war, and the war's over in what four years? That's a long period of time for war in that sense. It, I guess what I'm saying is there is a definitive end. Yes, yes. Let's Whereas say yes. Vietnam really only ended when we left. Wait, did it really? Yeah, I, I guess. Well, kinda. our our portion, our of portion it of it. They still kept fighting. Because yeah. well, didn't the North take over? No, they're still <laughs> separate. No, no, no. Vietnam's one country. No, no, North, North, North won that one. 
Yeah, very, yeah, very the North quick, just took. Yeah, pretty quickly after America left. In. Yeah, they just invaded and won. Oh. Yeah, it's all communist. Yeah, it. South Vietnam couldn't defend itself without Americans. Yeah, they either. couldn't really do it with us. That makes, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I yeah. just, for some reason, always still thought there was, you know, like uh, North and South Korea situation. But no. Apparently not. Uh-huh. Well, what's really interesting is if you ever hear um, radio interviews or documentaries with people talking to Koreans about South Koreans, about their views on North Koreans, they're so much more nuanced than what I think of or what you hear in mm. most Western media. And obviously people live in a certain amount of fear that there are these, you know, weapons that soul could be pointed right at you. Well, not even nukes, conventional weapons could destroy soul in 20 minutes. Yeah. And that's just sort of hanging over their heads at all times. But they also have this belief. Everyone, or at least most people want reunification. And there is also an understanding that if North Korea develops these nukes, which they have, and develops intercontinental ballistic missiles, which can reach Washington, which they will, mm-hmm. um, that when they reunify, because the belief seems to be that this will happen at some point, sooner or later, that when that happens, those will be their nukes too. Mm. And that's not a bad thing to be a nuclear power. Gotcha. And that's really the only deterrent you have to America or Russia or China pushing you around sure. is to have a nuke. Yeah, that, are, that just gets you an automatic seat at the table. Sure, but I mean, there's a reason I feel that we didn't invade Pakistan after uh, they were behind bin Laden for 10 years. Yeah. Cause yeah, that people point to the Gaddafi as the example. Uh, he, he wanted nukes. Dude. He didn't have them, and then he got toppled. So Kim Jong-un thinks- Well, I thought them. he had them and gave them up. He did. Uh, yeah, but, what, that's, that, but whatever. He doesn't have signal, fucked everything. Yeah, the same, signal same that idea. sent to every person in the world was like, get yeah. nukes and never- Ever give right. them up exactly yep. because you will get destroyed. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, every dictator in the world was taking notes on that of like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't trust the Americans, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Well, they should have figured that one out a little earlier than this, yeah. I mean, if I was Iran right now, I would be dusting off the old nuclear playbook right now. They, I'm sure they are, yeah, yeah. yeah. well, they weren't well, mm. a year ago. Yeah, maybe a year and a half. Even a, even a year ago, they weren't. Even a year ago, they were complying to the agreement that we pulled out of. And it was only when we drone striked their general that they were like, you know what? Fuck you. Well, I mean, they also bombed our embassy. So their proxies bombed our embassy. How many? They didn't. They didn't bomb the embassy. They, they attacked. They burned it. They did bomb a base. So, <laughs> for, so whatever. We're occupying two countries illegally. No. Wait, that's There's actually that's actually that. pretty low for America. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, and, this is, and we're actually, by the way, you were occupying more than two countries yeah, for sure. Very much well, so. we're occupying two countries right next to them. Yeah, so it's like if they were occupying Mexico and Canada, and it's like, well, technically they're not war with America. They just have you know eighty bases in southern Canada. They just have bases in Juarez and Tijuana, but they're not war with America. I feel safe. I would definitely. So. um how is this going to end, Eric? How's the is this going to end into a war and with Iran? What do you think? Hard to say. Will, Hard. Ra- will Rambo come and save us? <laughs> I don't, no, I think we already scared him past it. I, I think uh, uh, Trump uh, slipped down a banana peel and did a backflip. Like um, they saw a force of power and they backed down, and I don't think it's going to escalate again. You know what? Th- Again, this isn't the greatest movie I saw, but 
a movie I've thought about maybe more than any other in the last 10 years is this documentary called The Gatekeepers. Oh, I watched that. Yeah. So it's about Mossad. Watched that with my family. It was the worst fucking experience. So it's like eight different heads of... Mossad, right? Uh, not Mossad, which is the Shabak, which is okay. clo- the clo- basically the CIA. Yeah, so essentially the CIA of Israel, and they're all interviewed separately. And at the end of the movie, they all come to the same conclusion, which is that they spent their entire careers um, executing these pinpoint assassinations, killing the right guy at the right time over and over again, and they all say it doesn't make a difference. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't stop. I, them from doing what they're doing. Yeah. It doesn't deter them. A new head will behavior. rise. Yeah. And, yeah. So it's like the initial rationale was like, oh, he was playing an attack. And it's like, do you think that one guy is going to carry out the attack? He, obviously, that was not true. But even if it was, the logic there doesn't make any sense because he's part of a chain of command. So it's like if they, if they assassinate our joint chief of staff, it's not like our army falls apart. It just goes to the next guy. No, but it and does the plan, make the next guy a little bit less. No, it doesn't. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I don't know if that's proven. In it money, doesn't at all. That, yeah, no, in a sane, logical mind, it would make you a little bit less likely believe, to do that. I don't, I don't believe a terrorist Those are not mind. the type of people that yeah, yeah, go to that. If it's a terrorist who's right. willing to yeah, sacri- be martyr, right. that doesn't really, I don't think that comes into play for them. It's you can pray. also make the argument that Iran has been <clears throat> you know, fighting us via proxy war, and we're basically fighting them be a regular war and they mm-hmm. go, well, what's to stop us now then? If they're going to target us, we target them. Oh, because they can't win. We can't win. We can't, we couldn't win in Iraq. You think we're going to win in Iran? Uh, they know we don't want it. One, they know we don't have the appetite for it. We don't have the stomach for it. We don't have the money for it. The pu- Donald Trump does not want to launch a new war. Right. But it's a different, the, the war in Iraq, we, the geography of Iraq is basically impossible to conquer. The the thing about the war in Iraq, you though, Iraq, you mean Iran? I think I, I'm sorry, Iran. Well, the thing about the war in Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, and all of those is that even though we were at war or are still at war, they have never really attacked us on American soil. So we as That's Americans, we're thousands of miles away. Right, right, right. There's been. We, a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We, we as Americans have not felt that war. Mm-hmm. A war with Iran, we most likely would feel. Well, here's the, the other thing: they have a real army. Right. And that's what I'm saying. We would feel that uh-huh. here in the mainland. Oh, yeah. And as soon as we actually feel that in the mainland, we turn everything up to 11 and they're done. We stop caring about bombing civilians. We stop caring about bombing churches. We stop caring uh, about bombing hospitals. If, if we, they, we can't, they we get can't a bomb say into, that. They get a bomb into L.A., everything turns around in America. We are full force. We turn on. We we know how to be I guess fucking what I'm saying is, We know how to turn that on. If it gets on. to the point where they're putting bombs in L.A., then this is no longer a conventional war because it's going to be a dirty bomber if they have it, a nuke. I mean, if they're willing to they do have that. Airplanes. I mean, they can. Yeah, they, yeah. Well, they, I guess what I'm saying is like the last 40 years of American foreign engagement have been generals and politicians trying to sort of cordon off the war so that we can fight in the most comfortable, mm-hmm. like AC controlled environment. Yeah. And if we got into a war with Iran, events. this is going to be a different scenario than we've ever experienced. Right. And that's what I mean. It will be uncontained and we will be So what be I'm saying it. is that they have more leverage than our, the other people that we poke at. They have more leverage than North Korea. North Korea has one. They have, ten, no, North they Korea have 20 has, nukes. North yeah, Korea. yeah. But all they have is missiles. North Korea, the conventional army, we're not afraid of. 
That's not quite true. Uh, they have tons of artillery points. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We're, we're afraid of them taking over Here, South Korea. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I don't. I think more to your point earlier is that you said America doesn't have the stomach for war, and that's the key. And Iran knows it. Iran knows that we don't mil- militarily, economically, politically. But we I think. Can't. But that that's my point is Iran also knows that if they do make the wrong uh, hits, we will certainly develop a stomach for it right, right. quick. They do know that. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. And I, I think 9-11 is a perfect example. Yeah. It, it was ratcheted up to an extreme mm-hmm. craziness, patch Patriot Act. Still got to take my shoes off when I fly. Fair enough. Point is yeah, that- I mean, I guess okay. you, can, you can put them in a situation where they have more to gain than to lose with military engagement. Because right now we're doing the maximum pressure thing sanctions and military action and doing everything. And eventually they're going to do something. They're not going to just wave the white flag and give up. I think that's what- No, as long as we're, if we did tit for tat and now we both kind of said, We didn't do tit for tat. We killed their general and they shot at a base. That's not- well, they, they did our, our embassy, though. They, they also they, shot the they plane. They didn't blow up We're the embassy. They shot the plane. They shot the plane. Well, that, that changes though. the calculus. The plane, as far plane as loss? right now, the story is that the plane was shot down accidentally, which to no, me makes sense I, because I don't, I don't know what they gained from shooting down a Ukrainian plane. What? Two. Accident, okay, it's not in accidental. It's not quite it, the word. Also, right they, you can shoot down a plane because there's one person you want on there. Like, there, but there are no Americans on this plane. No, it doesn't matter. I mean- in 1988, America shot down a Iranian passenger plane deliberately, mm-hmm. killing 160 some people. And our response was basically unapologetic. Yeah, we did it, and yeah, we do it again. Um, that's not quite true. That's, that's not quite. That's true. That's basically what we said. George H. W. Bush was like, "I will not apologize for doing this. I will not apologize." He said for he won't apologize defending. for America. That's true. He did yes. say that, but they did give money to the family, even though it was fucking nothing. Listen, that's an awful thing, and that was because I think, and it's a good example. Iran will give money to him. It's the because same it was thing. One, okay, so it was one. It was They've a specific. It was a specific destroyer that, that we were trying to show. This one stupid ass fucking captain was trying to show off the technology mm. of the Aegis missiles, and he fucking I don't know how the fuck he determined that a that a, a citizen airliner going up was attacking his ship, but he did. It was wrong. He killed him. Whatever. The point is that Iran, that we know that the missile that it came from was under what's- But can you imagine if Iran shot down <laughs> an American passenger plane and killed 160 Americans? Well, to be honest, there was 100 whatever yeah, Canadians. There were Canadians. Yeah, we would be at war. There's Canadians. They're not going to war. Yeah. We know that. Well, that's true. But the point is that- I'm they, saying only one NATO. country in the world goes to war over this stuff. Yeah. We're already at war over this stuff. It's like we're already we're war not. Over, we kind of are. And Yemen, Syria. Look, if you want to go, if you want to kill generals, then declare war and go to war. That's how you do it. Then do it. Either be at war, or don't be at war. That's but for you can't sure. do this thing where you say, "Well, someone I don't like is a terrorist, so I get to kill him." Either you fight a war with them, or you don't. No, it's our world. It's our biggest industry. It is. We are going no, to no, keep making saying, bombs. Like from, we might as well use some of them. Just from a military standpoint. Then you're opening the door, you know, because I, I'm old enough to remember in 2002, people said, you know, well, why are the, why is Osama bin Laden a terrorist, but America's not a terrorist, or the UK is not a terrorist, or Israel's not a terrorist. And it's like, oh, well, those are states, and terrorists are rogue actors. They're stateless. That's what makes them terrorists. But this guy's a general, and we say he's a terrorist. So now this term means just well, enemy. Well, now we've been into state-run terrorism for the last 20 years. But at that like point, that then is, Iran or whoever can say, well, David Esper's a terrorist. Yeah. And they they, it's they the same do. logic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Watch your back, David, I guess. Yeah. 
There's, I mean, like, if, if I was a high-ranking American official, I would not be super stoked about this policy. Exactly. Oh, There's it, a reason we don't torture people because we don't want them torturing we our do fucking- We do torture people. Well, okay. But, you know what I'm saying. There's a reason we shouldn't torture people, yes. and that's because we don't want them torturing our soldiers. Well, the reason you shouldn't torture people, one- For is, a bit, again, I'm, I'm throwing two, aside the moral- It's also unreliable. Issues. Yeah. There's no- That's true, too. You, I would not trust anything a torture person tells me. But this is also why Barack was so horrible in that if any other country in the world acted like us and droned random people killing 80 civilians for every one actual target that they wanted to take out, we would be fucking full on at war with them. But we as Americans think that it's our prerogative to be able to do these things. Well, because we have the belief that one American life is worth thousands of foreign lives. Mm -hmm. And and Democrats believe that as well as Republicans. Most, almost any centrist person, centrist conservative, even a lot of liberals believe that. That yeah. ultimately, American lives are more valuable. American exceptionalism is very ingrained. That's what I'm sorry. It was a topic on the you know the left leaning West Wing where where Bartlett was accused of not caring. Right. Was was saying that American well, lives are worth more than <coughs> you hear the like whatever the again, fake fictional country that they in the last in. couple of weeks where it's like oh uh, salami man oh he he killed American citizens. It's like we kill. Citizens every day. Yeah. We kill foreign citizens all the time. Yeah. But no one goes, oh, Donald Rumsfeld killed Iraqi soldiers. No one even conceptualizes it yeah. that way. There was that Australian lady that got shot in her head and or shot in the face in Minnesota from the cop. Like, Do you think it's as simple as one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist kind of thing? There is a lot of that perspective, and it's just kind of like, especially when we get into the Middle I mean, Eastern thing. It's Rambo's all the, a one man salami right there, right? Well, just remember to text before calling. Be sure to check out all the shows there at the Fallcast Network. We got going down on South Park, Power Tinkering, Text Before Calling, which you just heard. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, the uh, newest show, Celluloid Breakdown. And uh, you can check, oh, literally literary as well. People seem to still listen to that. So, you know, check it out. Um, but yeah, you can donate to the uh, Patreon. Go on over to patreon.com slash Fallcast uh, or pick up a mug or a shirt or some sort of paraphernalia with our logos in bass in bot and bot and bright and no just kind of on there i think silk screen you know, no fancy words uh but yeah uh that's at uh forecast.com slash shop so you know all the fancy stuffs and the the overpricedness goes to help uh fund the shenaniganery here at the forecast studios so uh yeah until next time uh yeah yeah <laughs>